Churches. Welcome to Bravo and Please, where we're going to get lit off all the latest going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything pop culture and 420 related. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. Yes. All right. We are live on YouTube. If you're on Instagram, on my IG live, please come join us on YouTube because I have visuals. You can actually see, we can like all relate and get on the same page with what we're talking about. I put time into this, okay? So please join me over on YouTube. I'm your girl, Jenny Blaze. We are live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Twitter and Facebook with replays and the audio podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. We are here to bring you all the latest in Bravo, pop culture, and weed news. However, let me just give a disclaimer that this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. I didn't even really get a chance to, like, fix my hair properly (laughs) or, like even like stretch or anything I just kind of I was in it I was in deep trying to get all my shout outs all my updates in because as you know the Bravo world does not sleep or rest and (sighs) yes Luann I'm wearing all black again I have a basic black mock turtleneck on because I am in my Kyle telling Stassi she looks like Steve Jobs in the hot tub era. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) All right, for today's episode, we will be going through all the newest shows that have aired on Bravo for the week. We have Real Housewives of Potomac, Family Karma, Below Deck, Below Deck Adventure, the finale. I'm sad. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, The Reunion Part 2. Thank God it's over. Real Housewives of Miami. It was a steamy episode, but also we got the reunion looks. Ooh, ooh. Also, I did watch Million Dollar Listing LA this week, so I'll talk about that briefly as well. But we also have pop culture news. I don't know if there's that much pop culture news today. It's mostly like... Bravo news today. But also, we have a little bit of 420 news. So as you can see on the thumbnail, ah, we had Julia, Gertie, Larsa. The Miami ladies are bringing it. Oh my gosh, can't wait to talk about them. I'm saving them for last though because it's just too much, too good and Just stick around. So um, let me move on, though, because I want to mention. Oh, um, as always, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Like I said, we are live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Don't worry if you miss a live show. You can always watch a replay or listen to the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps this show to continue to grow. 
Also, don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo Blaze on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram, so you can always hit me up there. But also, as you know, BravoAndBlaze.com has all sorts of fun Bravo-inspired merch and products from all your favorite shows, like this beautiful grandfather mf mug, which actually should be a hot new item now that we know we're getting, we've gotten some news on some of their casting. Can we? I don't know. I, I'm conflicted actually because Salt Lake City is kind of crazy. <laughs> but, anyways, let's move on. I have another slide. Oh, also, if you're a cannabis mom like myself, um, meaning you're, I'm a medical marijuana patient. Maybe you're not a medical marijuana patient. Maybe you use it recreationally, or maybe you do believe in the medicinal benefits of cannabis and maybe you don't use it yourself, but you support others. You support other women, unlike Bethany. Just kidding. But if that sounds like you and maybe you're, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to break the stigma of cannabis consumption and want to thrive outside of the corporate world, making money for yourself, please make sure you check out my other podcast, Cannabis Mom Boss, where I share stories of my life as a mom, cannabis advocate and entrepreneur, but also lessons I've learned along the way about self-care, personal development, entrepreneurship, business, investments, and just life in general. The mission of Cannabis Mom Boss is to empower others to safely, responsibly, and confidently come out of the green closet, quote-unquote green closet, to modernize the perception of today's cannabis consumers, as well as provide the resources and tools you need to achieve results. I am a results-driven person. If you are new here, um, real quick on my background, I am a former corporate IT consultant running and scaling an eight-figure business to a nine-figure business. It's a lot of numbers. Um, Strategy, management, and technical consulting are my areas of expertise, but instead of doing that for top global consulting firms and Fortune 500 businesses, I am helping moms to create their own unique career path by creating an online business that is both passion-filled and purpose-driven. Cannabis Mom Boss is live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern here on the same YouTube channel, which is also available for replay if you miss the live stream. If you're a podcast listener, you are in luck because Cannabis Mom Boss is also available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Yesterday's show, I gave three ways that you can get back on track with your 2023 goals, given, you know, we have a full month behind us now. We're in February, which by the way, how creepy is it that today is February 3rd, 2023. So just like side note behind the scenes, when I'm doing these episodes, I just use the date in full format so that I can easily search for things. And it's just a way for me to organize and so I wrote out zero two zero three two zero two three, and it like freaked me out. I'm not even like one of those people who's like really into numerology, numerology, numerology. Oh my gosh! But I don't know things like that freak me out. If it was like six six two thousand or six six, oh my god, that's gonna be a freaky day. Um. Anyways, I don't know why. 
But yeah, now that we're in February, we have a whole month to reflect, reassess, and readjust our goals that we set out so that we can get back on track because I don't know about you, but my biggest regret in life is not trying to do the things that I want to do. That's just how I am. That's who I be. Um, but also, if you are looking to make some moves as a side hustle, career change, or any kind of personal transformation, check out the Cannabis Mom Boss Manifestation Framework. This crash course gives you a glimpse into all the tools and strategies I've taken from my formal education, professional experience, and personal su successes that have proven to give results. Uh, I don't want to get into all this stuff that I wrote on here, like blah, 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 whatever. Next thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is that I have pre-enrollment open for my Top 100 Charting Podcast Academy. This is where I will give you all the behind the scenes on literally what I do for Bravo and Blaze and how just in less than four months, we were able to reach number eight on the Top 100 Indie TV Reviews charts with one episode per week. So make sure you go enroll now before the discounted pricing is over. Um, but this will, I mean, I had no experience in podcasting before I started Bravo and Blaze. And I know that I have all these tools and experience now that I can teach others. So go check that out. Link is in the show notes. I want to give... Oh my gosh, I need a sip first. Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out. If you could see, if you're watching, I have a Canatown t-shirt that they sent me. So excited. I haven't got a chance to like try it on or anything, but <clears throat> that's what I plan on doing. This weekend, so I could take pictures. Maybe I'll take a picture with Luann over here. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun. But thank you. Thank you so much, Canatown. I love them. I went on their show. Oh, my gosh. When was that? I can't remember. <laughs> but they're very cool. They're entrepreneurs. They are exploring this cannabis industry just like I am, where we're seeing tons and tons of open opportunities like this is a brand new landscape you can literally create your own business doing whatever you used to do if you aren't in the cannabis industry if you take what you've done in the past like I'm a consultant I know how to build businesses so now I'm helping others do that in the cannabis industry like I know people who are I know people who have made a business out of cleaning other people's bongs because they enjoy doing that or one woman who gets paid to pick people up literally with her car pick them up and bring them to the dispensary for the first time because they don't they've never been and they just want somebody to help them it's like amazing it's like the they call it the green rush and they compare it to the gold rush but whatever Anyway, speaking of weed, I'm going to move on to our 420 news of the day. Okay, so 
Boo. Boo, 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 Hong Kong. <sighs> Sorry. I hope I don't get in trouble. Um, who am I going to get in trouble by? Anyways, um, they are banning and criminalizing CBD, which actually was a thriving industry in Hong Kong just, you know, within the last two years. So they're saying, and this is according to CNN Business, CBD was criminalized in the city and declared a dangerous drug on the same level as heroin and fentanyl? What? That's insane. My brother used to live in Hong Kong, so I went on a two-week trip to go visit him, and I went to Japan years back. Um, Damn, when was that? That was a while ago. Um, And international travel is something I love, but with having all these babies, I haven't really had a chance to, like, go travel internationally or anything. Um, But in protest, I don't think I want to go to countries that allow, that don't allow, or that criminalize or believe that cannabis is a dangerous drug. It's crazy to me. But I want to manifest long-term, not right this second, because I don't have enough capacity, but I'm manifesting someday to visit 420-friendly countries and do 420, maybe like a 420 tour series. Wouldn't that be fun? Manifesting, throwing that out there. Okay, I'm going to move on to pop culture news. So alongside Bravo, I also love to watch anything that's like, I love comedies. Comedies are my favorite. Rom-coms, ugh, love it. Even sci-fi rom-coms I like sometimes. (laughs) But uh, You People, starring Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Lauren London, who was on Watch Weapons 5 this week, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Ania Long, David Duchovny. He was he plays Jonah Hill's father, um, and it's written by Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris. So Kenya Barris is also the director who, <clears throat> excuse me, starred in Black AF, which was on Netflix, and um, the co-star was Rashida Jones. That show was unbelievable. Black AF, I. Love that show. So, so good. I've been, like, waiting since that ended for another season. So, like, I didn't have that much time, but I quickly, like, Googled it. And I didn't see anything for a second season, but I need that show back. That show was so good. And this movie was – I highly recommend it. As somebody who is biracial, my mother is a Korean immigrant. My father is Caucasian, the other kind of Asian. And being someone who's biracial growing up, there are all these like nuances being biracial that not a lot of people understand. And especially being like 40 years old, when I was growing up, it was like pretty taboo still to be, to have parents from two different races. And people used to ask like, when I was with my dad, they'd be like, oh, where's your parents and my dad's like I'm right here (laughs) so that was was I mean it's just a different experience but I really love this movie because we get to address these really important conversations that need to be had and at the same time it was just so funny obviously Jonah Hill is hilarious but then also made me cry and like a lot of parts and 
I love, love, loved the romance part between Jonah Hill and Lauren London, who I never knew before I watched you people. And I'm like obsessed with her now. I think she is like one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my entire life. I just love her. She's gorgeous. Anyways, I mean, that's not why I love her because she, I mean, she's gorgeous and I love her, who she is. Her, she's a really great actress and I loved her on Watch What Happens Live. Okay, I'm going to move on. Go watch you people on Netflix. Okay, I also watched this documentary about Steve Aoki. It's called I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, again on Netflix. And I was so shocked. So Steve Aoki, if you don't know, he's like a big like DJ who does like club and dance music, I guess. And I didn't know this. He like throws um, cake on people in his concerts or whatever. I don't know. Obviously, I don't go. But um, his career has been really impressive. He holds records for like DJing the most shows in the world and like is constantly moving, moving, moving. And they show his background. His father, this is crazy, is the founder of Benihana. Do you know how much money I've spent on Benihana when I worked out in Chicago? <laughs> we used to go there for lunch all the time. But I guess he also was like some big time daredevil and like almost died a few times from being a daredevil, but like never stopped. He just always had this like go, go, go energy. And then on top of it being Japanese and Asian, having this like this, um, I don't know how to describe it, but like this feeling of having to impress your parents is so important in Asian culture and I think that's what drove Steve Aoki and honestly like watching what he did is it's so impressive but it's also like as somebody who's like likes health and wellness and I believe like your personal health is the most important thing that you can have like that's your biggest asset he doesn't take care of himself at all. And it's almost like, I want to be like, dude, just chill out. And also another fun fact that I didn't know about him. His sister is, I don't know if it's Devin or Devon Aoki, but she's a model and an actress who is in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Wild. If you're interested, you can go check that out on Netflix. Um, the Playboy Murders, directed by, I think directed and produced by Holly Madison, who used to be one of Hugh Hefner's former um, girlfriends and star on The Girls Next Door back in the 90s. If you are around the same age as me and you remember what Playboy was like, everything that's coming out about Playboy, now that half is, it has passed away, all these people have come out. We've learned about Bill Cosby. There's all this horrendous, you know, we've had the Me Too movement. There's these horrendous, horrendous stories of that involve Playboy and that entire brand. And I'm fascinated by the business side of Playboy because if you look at the history, like the way that they, that Hugh Hefner built that, business was all through like media manipulation and branding and I don't know just as a brand and a business and as a media outlet 
I feel like he abused his power and there's a lot of injustice that took place. And so I'm like, I watched The Secrets of Playboy. I think that was on Hulu, which was disturbing. I had nightmares after it, but I'm still like obsessed with it because I'm crazy. But anyways, go watch The Playboy Murders. It's There's a new episode every Monday night. They had two episodes already. I watched both of them. This last episode this week was so wild. It's about Cece Arthur, who was a beauty pageant, married. Her husband supported everything she did with Playboy. And they really saw it as like a business, as a launching pad to bigger and better things. And watching that episode, I was just like, this feels... It there's like a lot of parallels with Bravo and it's like kind of creepy in a way but like I don't know just I like to learn from history to know like how to prevent certain things like murders I don't know maybe this is why I'm obsessed with true crime like let's not get to that point but it was just so crazy that she had not only was she she was like the first beauty pageant who posed in Playboy and like it was a big deal I guess at the time because she was Playmate of the Month in January 1991 okay this is a long time ago and there were never any rules around like are they allowed to pose nude I think they've changed it since then I don't really know but part of the Playboy business that I thought was so interesting was that at one point while back in the day they, um, in 1991, they implemented a hotline where you could, like, people who were fans or whatever could call into this hotline. They paid $3 a minute, and the girls would get, like, $150 for three hours of work. And so that in and it of itself, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's back it up. Let's, this is happening in 1991, to me, this feels the equivalent of like OnlyFans or cameos. And I'm not knocking any of that. Those are legitimate businesses. I just find it interesting because the implementation of this hotline in the Playboy business caused this very tragic incident. And I will leave it at that. Go check it out on investigation discovery or the id channel it's the id attic all right let's move into bravo news bravo news the bravo world i'm not even into the shows yet because we have so many things that happen outside of the the new shows that air every day sunday through thursday not to mention on peacock now um, so first up, okay, I'm going to make this bigger for all who are watching. Oh no, I'm going to get rid of my, um, face for a second. So you can all see Christian Gray Snow's posts from the other day. Apparently Peacock has renewed the reality show competition, The Traders, for a second season. Woohoo! We did it, Joe. Additionally, Peacock announced a season one reunion Special host, wait, a one season one reunion special hosted by Andy Cohen that will stream on February 28th. I am so excited because this show 
I think is going to be one of my new favorite. This is like my segue, I think, into like competition shows outside of Bravo. Like I do like Top Chef, but I like to eat when I watch it. So I don't want to eat at like nine o'clock at night. So I don't watch Top Chef unless Chef Rachel from Below Deck goes on. Then I would watch it. But um, how did we get here? I'm talking about The Traders. <laughs> so yeah, The Traders is like such a good show. I had the chance to interview Reza, who was on The Traders. Okay, if you aren't caught up to date, The Traders had four Bravo lebs, Reza Farhan from Shaw's, Kyle Cook from Summer House, Winter House, um, Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip number two and four, which I have updates on next. But then also we had Kate Chastain from Below Deck, who is amazing in this show. My kid even was like, oh, like she talks about it still. She's like, is Kate going to be there? Like when Kate was on, was it this week? She was on Watch What Happens Live and my kid was just like, oh my gosh, Kate, Kate. And then I told her there was going to be a reunion and she's all excited. So Kate is basically MVP and let's see. I'm trying to read the rest of this um, post from Christian Gray Snow. Yeah, so I'm excited. One, that we're getting a season two and then two, that we're getting a reunion. Why is Andy hosting it? Like, no hate, but why? I would love the host of the show, Alan Cumming. I think that's his name. Um, he would have been perfect to host it. But whatever. I feel like it's not really fair for Andy to host it because there's four Bravo lebs. And then the rest of the people, if you're new to this show, they're um, people from Survivor, from Bachelor, Bachelorette. And then Ryan Lochte is there. <laughs> It was so funny. And then the rest of the people are normies. And they pick three traders. They like all close. It's like seven up, thumbs up. Um, I forgot who said that online. But um, basically, they're, they all close their eyes. And the host, Alan Cumming, he like taps the shoulder of people who are going to be traders. And they have to like get rid of the the uh, faithfuls, the non-traders. But anyways, it's so good. I'm talking about this way too long. But go check that out. Also, one of my best podcast episodes of this season was my live recap of The Traders with Kate as the thumbnail where she says, I want her gone because she annoys me. That's just a little taste of what The Traders is. But I'm going to move on because speaking of Brandy Glanville, let me blow this up. So I, I've mentioned this on uh, prior shows. This is not your, like, ultimate source. I get all my information, basically, from, like, Twitter, Instagram. I get it from people that I trust, so. And Bravo, Bravo Breaking News is one that comes up all the time, and Bravo by Gays. Um, but I copied what they put here because, allegedly, rumored Brady was sent home, and K Caroline Manzo left Morocco early after an intense altercation filming Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip for then Brandy Glanville even like posted a picture of a cam camel and said bon bonsoir soir <laughs> so stupid right now um 
So I thought that was funny, but dude, okay, this is what I'm hearing. Caroline Manzo and Brandy Glanville get into a physical altercation. Brandy gets sent home by production, apparently, not by Caroline or any of the other women there. Okay. Um, and then it was there's rumors that she was kissing Caroline. And I guess Caroline didn't want that. And at one point, Brandy may have followed Caroline into a room and like locked the door or something. And I think that's when like production had to step in or I don't really don't take my word for it. This is just like kind of what I'm hearing. Um, And then I guess because like Caroline was so upset about the outcome that she decided to leave on her own. I don't know. I just want to give a shout out to the it's at RHO the world on IG because they put together the most hilarious video where they basic Caroline and Brandy from reunions like with a backdrop of a private jet and them just sitting together like saying F you and my family. It's just so funny. I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. I want to spread the love with this community and how funny y'all are. You guys crack me up. But one thing I thought was kind of um, crazy and out of left field I start seeing posts from about Kelly Dodd. Did I hit? <clears throat> Let me see. Did I want a picture of this? No. So Kelly Dodd, I guess, apparently started commenting, like t- jumping on the situation against Brandy and like, <clears throat> excuse me, saying like she's a bad mother and all this. And I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? So I started looking into it and apparently Kelly was supposed to go on Brandy's podcast before Ultimate Girls Trip was filming. And then um, last minute, Brandy said she can't or she had to cancel because her son was in the hospital. And Kelly is claiming that that was a lie and that Brandy did that to um, like appease Bravo or whatever because Bravo didn't want to be associated with Kelly. And. Brandy was about to go on the ultimate girls trip. So she was, they, I don't know. Kelly's just like throwing out these allegations, I guess. And Brandy, like, I guess responded was like, no, that's not true. My son really was in the hospital. And like, that's all there is to it. But then this happens with Caroline and then Kelly jumps on top of it. I don't know if Brandy responded, but I was just like, wow. I was not expecting that. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, The next thing from Bravo Breaking News and Queens of Bravo, we have Bravo has lost interest in Roni Legacy as contract contract talks stall over money. I did hear that there may be some truth to this, but then there may not be. And then Andy Cohen, obviously, posted, and I saw this on Queens of Bravo, um, on Twitter, he said, don't believe everything you read. So, I don't know what to believe. To be honest, I don't really, I do, I feel like I kind of lost interest. And I don't need legacy. I got Luann right here with me all the time. So, I don't really care. Also, 
I, when they announced Roni Legacy, I was not excited. I was like, oh God, this makes me nervous because it feels very similar to Sex in the City. Like the, I don't even know what the new one's called. Like, uh, as fast as you can, or what is it called? I don't know. But I feel like, the, I, and that's when I lost interest. I didn't even know that came out. And then when I heard everyone was watching, I was like, what? I don't want to watch this. Like, I want to remember it the way it was. I don't want to try to make fetch happen, if you know what I mean. Anyways, moving on. I have some new, <clears throat> excuse me, news from Dubai. A la Bravo by Gaze, who is always reporting on everything so quick. I'm sure you're following him already. But Nina Ali from Real Housewives of Dubai announces departure. And she even posted about it. She said it was an honor to be a part of the debut season of the Real Housewives of Dubai and to help Bravo TV bring this beloved franchise to the city I call home. I'm grateful to the network, Andy Cohen, and the team at Truly Original for welcoming me into this extended family and for embracing the diversity of riches? Is that what it says? Of riches Dubai has to offer. Okay, interesting choice of words. Okay. 2023 has already brought many exciting opportunities my way, including an emerging new business. Ooh, I'd like to hear about that. New home. Uh, love to see that. And new adventures. Ugh, this makes me sad. So for now, I'll be moving my attention away from the show to allow myself the space to focus on new challenges. I wish my fellow housewives all the best moving forward. I'll be cheering you on. That makes me kind of sad. I really loved Nina. I mean, I still love her. And I want to hear about her fruitcake business. I'm mad about it. Well, hopefully, maybe I can get her on the show someday. She, I did give her a Bravo and Blaze lighter at BravoCon, and she said she doesn't participate. She's not a hater, though, and that she'll keep the lighter for her candles. Shoot, I wish I put a picture of us together in here. <laughs> yes, I'm cheesy like that. It's part of my brand. Sorry. It's who I am. Okay, other news... From Everything Housewives on Instagram, I saw that the Real Housewives of Nairobi, hello, is coming out. New franchise and new international franchise. I guess this is going to be on Show Max Kenya. I don't know how to watch that, but go, go see Everything Housewives account because they have the cast photo. They have the... They tagged all the new ladies so you can go follow them. And they even posted the promo. Exciting. Okay, moving on. Oh, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Okay. Things are already... I'm scared, okay? (laughs) New Jersey is, I think, in my opinion... That's my opinion. New Jersey is the second most toxic Housewives franchise behind Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I'm not saying anything negative towards any of the Housewives. I think I love them all. I don't know. I try not to, like, get... When there's a toxic community around a show like this, 
it's hard to want to like step in and be like, hey guys, this is what I think about it. Because they will tear you down. Like people are so passionate and crazy. I've had, I've had, I've had people on Twitter like attack me for posting a mug. One of my mugs in my shop says an analogy and it says the definition is like something Teresa doesn't understand. I love Teresa. I have a signed picture of Teresa and a picture with her. Love her to pieces. She's so sweet. But I thought that was funny. <laughs> I still think it's funny. And this person like attacked me and then blocked me. Which to me is more of a reflection on them, but still, like, calm down. Take us on us. Um, but news that I heard, Gia was hired at an immigration law firm. That's really cool to hear. I would love to see that journey for her on the show. And I've seen Melissa in on things, but I haven't really been, I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like she's, working kind of like she's putting herself out there but I don't know why really and the season 13 premieres next week so maybe that's why um it's premiering on the 7th hey what day is that so today is the third fourth okay Tuesdays it's gonna be on Tuesdays oh that's good because below deck adventure is done but oh boy Tuesdays are gonna be intense and also um they released the first seven minutes of the premiere episode you can go watch that on bravo tv or bravo tv insider um another thing that was released this week by bravo was the trailer for the swv and escape show um i think they're following them on tour i don't know much about it obviously candy is in es escape <laughs> And I'm excited because, for one, it premieres on March 5th, which is right around my birthday. So I feel like I have to watch it and like it's meant to be. And then also, um, I grew up on SWV and es Escape. Like, week? I don't know what it is. Okay, I'm not going to sing. Um, that song is badass. And then also... Um, Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Love that song. So, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Next, we have also another premiere next week, which is Vanderpump Rules Season 10. They have a new sexy intro, giving Kardashians on Hulu vibes, like that whole drone underneath the legs and, you know, like transitioning into – the next scene, real sexy, um, the first seven minutes of the premiere out, and it will be airing on Wednesdays. The premiere episode is February 8th. Also, oh my gosh, I woke up, and this is one of my favorite things, is when I wake up and I see a sale from my shop, and somebody just recently bought a Schwartz and Sandy's t-shirt where, like, I made it before Schwartz and Sandy's came out, like, they were talking about the name of it, and they didn't have a logo yet, so I was like, I'm just going to whip one up, and I, like, as a joke, and I thought it was really funny, because on the back, I put Katie Schwartz was here as, like, 
a joke because obviously like that was a big source of contention for them, which now I'm like really sad about it. But whatever. Somebody bought that today and I was just like, oh, my God, I love that. So, oh, my gosh, if I see somebody wearing that shirt, I will probably cry. Like, oh, my gosh, love that. Anyways, I'm going to move on. You guys know, probably, or if you don't know, you're about to know. About to find out. I hate Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just hate, I hate it. I don't know. I don't like anything about it. It's the, fandom is the most toxic of all. And, but I'm not, uh, I, I support other women. So, you know, obviously I watch it and. I support Face Reality 16, who was here in person live for the Jen Shaw sentencing. We did a episode together. I should put the link in the show notes um, for that. But she posted, um, this is a repost from, I don't know where this is, but it says, in my inbox from USAO Los Angeles presser at 11 a.m. what the justice department will make an announcement this morning regarding a criminal case against a former member of california's legal community okay gerardi i'm expecting i can report that federal prosecutors press conference today is about tom gerardi the disbarred plaintiff's lawyer former king of megatorts and estranged husband of rhobh star erica jade oh my god that last part the estranged husband <laughs> that just slapped that really made the tweet <laughs> but yeah i don't follow any of that so if you do and you're interested you can go check out face reality 16 but i guess there's more moves happening on uh with that case and i don't know if that's going to impact Eric on the show or anything like that. We'll see. Um, it does. Okay. So I did have other things that are kind of like sad and I didn't want to talk about it, but I feel like I kind of should just mention it. Um, so this week, if you are an OG Housewives fan, you know, from Real Housewives of Orange County, we used to have Tammy Knickerbocker. And we've seen her, like, with her kids. And this past week was not the greatest news. Like, her daughter went missing. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. I'm, like, always watching true crime. So I'm like, you got to get the word out, like, right away, you know. And I guess, like, she wound up contacting her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We, like, made it. We helped find her. And then, but then I hear that she goes missing again. And so I'm just like. I just want to send prayers out to Tammy, her daughter, and their family. I hope whatever they're going through that they can get through this. Um, In other sad news, um, from Southern Charm, we have Olivia Flowers. Her brother, age 32, passed away. My condolences go out to her family and to really the cast of Southern Charm and Southern Hospitality. They are very heavily intertwined, and I believe, you know, they all are friends with each other, so my thoughts go out to them as well. I'm going to move on because we haven't even started talking about um, the actual shows for this week. <sighs> but it's okay. This is what we're here for, right? We're here for Bravo shows. 
that's what we're moving into next. All right, first up is Potomac. I just want to, I love their pictures, by the way, if you're looking on YouTube. I have not only, I left up their reunion picture from last week because it just looks so good. Like when they're coordinated, everyone listen up. <laughs> For any show, coordinating is so, so hot. It's fire. I love it. I love when they do that. When they have the color scheme going, they got the, like, I don't know. There was a couple of mistakes with the blue on the reunion. But overall, like, aesthetically, just looking real quick between these two pictures, I just love it. It's just so pleasing on the eyes. But I'm going to move into this week's episode. This week we had Season 7, Episode 16, The Naked Truth. Episode description is, after returning from vacation, the ladies discover that what happens in Mexico doesn't always stay in Mexico. Ashley spills beans about Mia and Wendy's interesting exchange. Giselle and Mia throw Robin a wild bachelorette party, but a few names are left off the guest list. Charisse shares a story about Karen that leaves the ladies shocked. And then I think my description cut off, but... Okay, so much going on just in this episode. Apparently, like, there's some sexual tension going on between Mia and Wendy. And then, what did it say? Giselle and Mia throw Oh, yeah. Then we have the bachelorette party, which I thought it was gross that, like, not the strip club. I think it's gross to have people who are working without their underwear and have food being served in the same vicinity. Something about that I just didn't like. But the food did look good. I just couldn't get past that in my mind. So do your thing. It looked like they were having fun. Um, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are upset this week over Robin admitting on her podcast that Juan did cheat like Karen Huger suggested, but she denied that Juan was like screaming on the phone about what was that? Like, was that he was acting right? That's crazy. Anyways, I need to go watch that. Um, so she tells everyone on the podcast to go join her Patreon to hear all the details of Juan cheating. And people are not happy about this. And I kind of agree. And I did see a blind item this week about there being a new clause. Because I heard Andy was pissed at Robin for this. And she was she recorded Watch What Happens Live this past week. And I guess he like laid into her. And it might be even be on camera. So look out for that on Watch What Happens Live. But they're putting because of Robin. And because of Heather's bad Mormon and black eye antics, I heard a blind item that said that the housewives may not be able to profit off of certain businesses from the show or something. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I'm super interested to see what they come up with. And I would love to hear Bethany's take on it. And I would like to read the contract myself because I would like to see, okay, what are they saying you can and can't do? You know, these contracts and 
saying you can't do stuff is like always over money. It's because we don't, I mean, most of the time, I guess it could be like, oh, we just don't want them doing certain things, which they have every right to do. But this is me going back to what I've been saying about Bravo taking the blueprint from WWE on how to build a brand. Imagine having live reunion style events in your arena, in your hometown where the ladies come out and like, yeah, we know it's not like completely natural. Like how can any of this be completely natural? We have cameras and all this, you know, glitz and glam and stuff like, so just own it, lean into it. Like let's have Lisa Barlow come out and with a diet Coke walking down to the ring and like go sit down and like, or like have the mic before grab the mic before she goes on and like says her tagline and like, Mary Cosby comes out of the blue. Imagine they're like, they're in the middle of their conversation and then the lights shut down and they're like, dun, 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 this music comes on and then Mary Cosby walks out from like a whole cloud of smoke and she's got a microphone and she's like, I told you I'd send Jesus after you if you came for me. Like, oh my God, I would love that. That would be so crazy. But... Whatever, that's another thing. I'm just I'm just so glad Juan Dixon is not here right now because this is some BS. Also, not a lot of people have been talking about this, but Juan Dixon was named in a lawsuit recently involving his one of his basketball players on his team who was catfished by Juan's assistant coach posing as a female who somehow manipulated this kid I don't know how old he is I I guess he's technically over 18 he's an adult but he's still like a student I don't know I don't know what the laws are but he was manipulated into taking like naked pictures of himself or something and like the catfisher said if you don't oh no the assistant coach was like came up with the story and said oh my god she's doing it to me too and then pretend catfish himself and catfish this kid to somehow manipulate and say like if you guys don't do that if you guys don't do these whatever acts together on camera then I'm gonna put out your naked pictures or whatever and so they did it and like allegedly don't come after me but but what I guess the part where Juan Dixon comes into play is like this happened and the the basketball player went to Juan and said like he, like told him what happened and Juan didn't do anything about it and just like made him go to practice the next day with the coach that this happened with like dog <laughs> I never say dog but like dog with an AW I don't know if that's loud sorry don't cancel me okay I'm gonna move on because we need we have so much more to talk about still all right, Family Karma. Best show. Best show on Bravo. This week we had um, Family Karma Season 3, Episode 12, Holy Moly. The episode description is, it's a colorful, colorful holy. As the entire community buzzes over Anisha's engagement deadline, Rish surprises Monica with a romantic date that leaves her hopeful about their future. I feel like hopeful should be in quotes. 
Um, Vishal and Richa attempt to legally tie the knot again. Guys, I just love this show. I like I have no notes because I just love it. I love seeing the dynamics. Brian was super messy this week, but that's like Brian's role now in this group, and I'm I'm okay with that. We're watching Amrit and Nicholas, you know, move forward with planning their wedding. It's very stressful. Um, ugh. If I haven't said this before enough, I hate weddings. I think weddings are so outdated and just are unnecessary and waste of money. <laughs> like, but I mean, I'm still going to watch their wedding. I just per like if I recommend something to someone for my kids, I hope they never have a wedding because I think it's really unnecessary. I'd rather give them like a chunk of money and like buy them, put a down payment on a house or something. Anyways, so in this episode, Rish takes Monica on this like cheesy gondola ride where the lady literally has like a southern accent and she's like giving them all this info about Italy, which I thought was just kind of funny, but it was painful to watch and I'm just like done with Rish. Like, I'm sorry, but why are we here with Rish? It's just oh super cringy. And then Vishal and Richa, I just I love love for them, and you got to go watch it. Vishal's terms of endearments are just so funny to me. He said on the way to go get married, he's like, you look like a blueberry muffin. And then, you know, go back to his wedding speech where he was drunk, super drunk, like blackout. He called her Mrs. Benjamin Buttonass. That was pretty funny. I'm going to move on. Love family karma. And the next one, next show is Below Deck. This picture is courtesy of Starcasm.net. Okay, let's see. Below Deck Season 10, Episode 10, Caribbean Gigolo. Episode description. <laughs> the crew gets a day off to explore St. Lucia on board a catamaran, which takes them on a deep sea adventure to see the Pythons? I don't know what that is. Up close and personal. Things get steamy between Alyssa and Ross at the mud bass while Katie is left out. So, first off, Camille was fired, right? And Alyssa, Alyssa is still like, ever since Camille left, she's been even worse than she was before when she wanted nothing but Camille gone. And then as soon as Camille's gone, she's like, I can't take it. And like, everyone hates me. And like, then why do, why are we here? Like, we, this is what you wanted. So it's just crazy to me. But I do love that we get a new uh, male stew, Tyler. And he looks like he, I would want to hire him. He seems like he's on top of his stuff. So that's good um, for the team. And then also, we were watching Ross and Katie's relationship. I guess they hooked up. Ugh. I was like really disappointed and grossed out. Like, Ugh, Katie, why are you even talking to this guy? I don't. He's 38, by the way. WTF? What? He acts like he's 18. And ugh, I just can't. Ugh, I'm not into him. And then Alyssa is openly flirting with him and doesn't seem to care. And 
through this whole Camille and Alyssa battle, like a lot of people were team Alyssa. I don't think you always have to pick a team, but like I kind of was team Camille in that situation with her. And I still kind of am because Alyssa is mean. Like she might do her job, but she's still mean. And Camille is lazy and doesn't really do her job that well, but she's still like fun and entertaining. My kid refers to her as the girl who wanted to call Elon Musk from when she was drunk that one night. Like I thought that was funny. Um, so I just don't understand. And like to see Alyssa do that, like that, I know like girl code is not a privilege, I guess, or like expected all the time, but come on. Come on. Come on. Anyways, thank God for Chef Rachel. I freaking love her so, so much. Love her, love her, love her. This week she was like, heal me, Jesus. Like, she just has these one-liners that are amazing, and I love it. But also going on outside of the show, there's been some beef between Captain Sandy and Captain Lee. And I was, like, dissecting it a little bit. Captain Lee kind of fired the shots first I'll have to say like I love Captain Lee and you know like I'll always love Captain Lee however he said like he did take a dig at Captain Sandy and if I have to if I have to take a side in this situation as a female to have a man like take a shot at a female I can see why she would feel the need to respond however I think she could have just not responded and looked better but I don't know I guess apparently he was like oh I didn't like how she just fired and fired Camille and then told me after and then you know Sandy kind of clapped back like well what do you like we're about to have a mutiny I don't know why she kept emphasizing having a mutiny like Okay, relax. Like no one's gonna kill you because you didn't, you didn't get rid of Camille. But uh, at the same time, like, why does she need to get his permission when he's out sick? Like the whole purpose of her coming in was to handle these things. So that's why I'm like, I don't know. It's hard for me to be team Sandy because I just don't really like Sandy. But she's, I don't know. I'm team no one, but. I do, I try to, like, have some respect on, you know, female leaders, so whatever. Anyways, I'm going to move on. I know Southern Hospitality is over, but I'm just putting this up here one more time because I missed it already. And I have some friends who are down there this weekend hanging out, and I couldn't go, and I'm... I wish I was there. I know they're going to have so much fun. But I just want to remind everyone that I did get the chance to interview TJ Dinch from the cast. Love him. So if you do get a chance, make sure you go check out that episode. The link is in the show notes. And I just want to make sure that I point out, along with Family Karma, Southern Hospitality was nominated for Outstanding Reality Program at the GLAD or for the GLAD Awards. So... That's an honor, and if you're not caught up, go catch up because it's a great show. All right, moving on. Below Deck Adventure, Season 1, Episode 13, The Long Fjord by 
This was the season finale of Blow Deck Adventure. If you don't know, Captain Carey is one of my, I think he's my new favorite captain. I love him. And this episode description is, after Carrie calls out her intimidating behavior, Jess makes a decision on whether to leave the Mercury before the end of the season. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Captain Carrie like, fine, leave. And he's like, she comes back. He's like, why are you still here? Oh, my God. I love Captain Carrie. Faye faces her toughest test yet when she has to model the primary's dress at a photo shoot in Norway's famous marble caves while also managing service shorthanded. I know everyone loves Faye, and I'm not saying I don't like her, but why did she have to be a model if she was so concerned with service? She could have easily been like, okay, you two go, but also like, stagger it so that I can get some help, but I will manage this because I know what needs to get done. I think she wanted to be a model, and so she compromised that, but then was so stressed about it. It's like, why just do it? Like, is it that important? But I didn't even finish this episode description. Um, Seth confronts Casey over the photo she took of him sleeping in the mess, leading to new accusations. Oh, my God. Seth is so... So cringy. Oh, my God, this guy. I was rooting for him. Tyra Banks style. We were all rooting for you, Seth. But, oh, my God, it was. Nathan is my favorite. The way that he. (laughs) The way he tricked Seth and Seth fell for it. Oh, my God. It probably is not. I shouldn't laugh at that. HR would probably be like, no, that's that's bad. But he did it to himself. I don't know. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm getting off track. Okay. I wanted to show this picture of Captain Carrie wearing the boat daddy hat available in, at the problemblaze.com shop. I just had to throw that out there because, like I said, Captain Carrie is my favorite captain right now. Just love him. Wait, I didn't even finish the episode description. (laughs) Okay, later. Two crew members get intimate after everyone goes to bed. The Mercury crew says their last goodbye. Um, Yeah, for me, Nathan, Captain Carrie, they were my favorites. Camille is pretty funny, too. Oh, and one thing I want to say, Camille and Ben, I think may have had the healthiest relation boatmans we've ever seen on below deck so i kind of hope they're still together but i don't think they are all right i'm going to move on to real housewives of salt lake city season three episode 16 reunion part two in the description we have in part two the conversation around heather's and enigma enigmatic oh my god why can't i read black eye <laughs> enigmatic Lisa Barlow, Meredith Marks, and Whitney Rose's husbands take a seat on the couch to share their perspectives on the ladies' drama. The women open up about Jen's guilty plea. I mean, I'm just glad this is over. I'm glad it was only two parts. I'm glad we can move on. We're already, like, moving on to the next thing. We're talking about the next season. Mary Cosby is alleged to be returning. Like I said, I would love her to come out and be like, I told you. I would send Jesus after you or something. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. But um, 
as you may know, if you're new here, I am California sober, which means I consume cannabis, but I do not drink alcohol. And as much as I love Baby Gorgeous and the Barlows, I have not tried these Blue Jay seltzers yet, but I did want to show everyone else because these are exclusive samples. We have a Blue Jay Mexican Mule. I bet you that one's good. I always loved a mule. Um, a Blue Jay Margarita. And a Blue Jay Paloma. Oh, I'm trying to center this on the, okay, on the camera. So, um, yeah, you can go check out their IG handle is at Blue Jay Seltzer. Um, and their launch is happening at the end of this month, end of February, early March. Maybe on my birthday. Ooh, ooh. But uh, Jen Shaw will probably be in jail by then. Um, one thing I saw this week on Instagram, which, because I love John Barlow. <laughs> I should drop the link to our episode where we talked about um, cryptocurrency. But if you remember in the reunion, Angie H., I shouldn't even say her name, the elf on the shelf's husband no the elf on the shelf husband's wife was claiming that security was called on john barlow at a utah jazz game well apparently the people who were there with them have claimed that is false they re like retold their version of the story which aligned with john's and lisa's so once again we have elf on the shelf husband and his wife lying and speaking of liars i can't stand that heather it's like enough already she pulls a stunt with her bad mormon book saying like oh you'll find out about the black guy in there getting people to buy the book and then turns out it's not in there and she says oh i don't remember and then she tries to turn into a victim like oh i was ashamed and i feel like i deserve it and like you don't deserve a black eye heather but you know what you need to, like, tell the truth. I did a lot of this with my shoulders. <laughs> Uh-oh, I think my thing is coming out now. Okay, so I'm going to move on. Um, allegedly, they're starting filming in the next couple weeks, so this should be interesting. Looking forward to it. I'm going to leave Miami for last and do Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles first because – um, Miami is just so good. So for Million Dollar Listing, we have Season 14, Episode 8, Sparks Fly as a Lingering Colist Brings Flag Face-to-Face with His Ex for the First Seven Months. Altman may run L.A., but he's still got plenty to prove down in the O.C. It's Bring Your Daughter to Work Day as Tracy puts Juliet to work. I love this show. Um, I like to binge it. Because the transactions of each unit or house, real estate unit, is it takes place over multiple episodes. But one big thing I want to take out of this episode is Tracy Tudor is a mom boss. If I've ever seen one, I love that she's got her 16-year-old. Number one, her 16-year-old is driving her around so she can do work on her phone. Yes, please. Um... 
Number two, she's got her kid working now. And her kid seems like she has such a good head on her shoulders. She's like, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know that real estate is a good skill and, you know, that's a starting point. And she took some chances. She went up and, like, tried – she talked to a stranger, knocked on their door. Like, this girl is going to be super successful. I just know it. I'm super happy for them. Love that. Okay. Moving on to Miami. Dun dun dun, Miami. Miami, Miami. Come feel the rush. Okay, episode description. Wait, Real Housewives of Miami. (laughs) Season 5, episode 12, Apology Not Accepted. Alexia, Nicole, Gertie, and Marisol's quadruple date heats up when Anthony and Todd exchange words. Okay, so Alexia and Todd. Our couple, obviously, they're married. And we have Nicole and Anthony, who, are they married yet? I don't think they're married. They're engaged. Um, People have been saying Alexia is, like, the Miami version of Teresa. And I definitely saw it. I've been seeing it now. Excuse me. And I don't know. Like, when I see the Teresa behavior, when Teresa is Teresa, I laugh. So seeing Alexia be like Teresa or have those Teresa mannerisms, man, whatever that vibe, I laugh and like people are mad at Alexia, but like, I don't know. I take it as like, you're not being rational. And for that, I'm not mad at you. I'm like sad for you kind of way, but like, I don't think it's, I don't know this situation. I'll, I'll tell you how I feel. Okay, so for Nicole, I have been suspicious of Nicole. And people are, like, angry at me for being suspicious of her. I was suspicious of her since last season, okay? Something about her has been rubbing me the wrong way. And I I couldn't, like, I still can't even really pinpoint it exactly. And I've even explored the jealousy factor. I'm like, am I just jealous? Maybe I'm jealous because she is a doctor she's hot she's got everything she wants but something about her husband's wealth and like the way they flaunt it and like they are condescending sometimes like something doesn't feel right and then somebody else pointed out to me that her that she changes her accent sometimes and like my mother has a korean accent korean is her first language and i've never heard my mother's accent change before So, and then in this episode, she was talking about, you know, Spanish as a second language, but then she kind of said like, oh no, his Spanish is better than mine, even though it's a second language. And it sounds like Spanish is not her first language. I don't know. Like, I I just, I just have questions. After what we've been through with Jen Shaw and Erica Jane, you better trust and believe I'm gonna be questioning people's wealth if it doesn't add up and maybe I'm not saying that it's impossible for Nicole and Anthony to have the wealth that they're flaunting on TV but it just seems weird to me because there's some things that keep coming up that I'm like is this feels like a red flag and so I don't know I've already been suspicious of her but then I thought the black Amex card thing was like tacky that she did that and I'm not mad at her for being tacky like Maybe that's part of her brand. It, it's to be honest, it's not beneath myself 
to be tacky in the name of making a point. So I'm not going to hate on her for that. And she genuinely seemed to be caught off guard when Alexia confronted her in this group setting with her husband and maybe even subdued given the group settings with the husbands because I thought she was going to go off on Alexia when Alexia brought this up. Number one, I don't know why Alexia brought, brought this up at that time. I think if it was still bothering her that much, she should have pulled Nicole aside beforehand because that was super uncomfortable, like, in front of everyone. And then also, like, when you have your husband, your husband, like, there's, like, a sense of loyalty, like, I got to have my spouse's back, right? So Alexia coming so hard, I kind of feel like Anthony did have to, like, he, you could tell he, like, kind of leaned in closer to Nicole and... You know, he was a little bit condescending. However, when he said, like, oh, okay, we'll send him flowers. Like, in my mind, literally, I I felt this. I was like, oh, okay, like, we can move on now. But for whatever reason, the flowers triggered Alexia even more. Or maybe it didn't trigger her. It definitely triggered Todd, I think. And I have to say, like, people like, upset about Todd they think Todd's mean or whatever and like I have to say I kind of like Todd (laughs) even though I found out this week that he is a marathon runner I was like oh shoot not this again (laughs) like do I like Todd I don't know anyways so I kind of like Todd in the fact that like his delivery yes he comes off like he can come off abrasive and is he from New York I think he's from New York, right? So I kind of get that, like, bold, straightforward kind of attitude. And I feel like his delivery, while some take it as being, like, too harsh or whatever, I think it comes from a place of confidence and passion. And that I can relate to because when I feel passionate about something and I feel extremely confident about something you best believe I'm gonna throw down (laughs) and I feel like that's how Todd is and in this situation at this lunch or whatever I almost feel like Todd had no choice but to come with the energy that he did come with and hear me out I'm not saying what they did was right okay Alexia should not have brought this up in the first place Nicole was very subdued, and that was shocking to me. Anthony, rightfully so, had his wife's back, but then said something kind of condescending or whatever that triggered Alexia. So Alexia goes harder. In that moment, once Alexia went harder after Anthony responded, that's when I feel like Todd was in a situation where he's, like, forced to step in. And not only step in, but he has to, like, match Alexia's energy Or even take it a step further because it's like my wife now is getting even more upset after, you know, like I just feel like Todd was kind of in a lose-lose situation because of Alexia. And I'm not, whatever, like again, I think Alexia is just not thinking like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, girl, I felt so bad for Gertie and Marisol and their husbands are just like, "Mm." so good so good and you know like here's my thing with Anthony and Nicole like I said 
we have just been scammed openly by housewives. And then here comes Anthony and Nicole. They come in right at the height of this Bravo fraud situation that we're all dealing with, right? And right off the bat, they're flaunting their wealth. And like, good, rightfully so. That's what we want to see, right? However, you best believe what we've been through. I'm checking tax returns at the door. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is, it's not feasible for them to live the lifestyle they have. However, a $40 million house, a plane, multiple collector's cars, at least one boat that we know of, maybe more. Black Amex cards. Okay, Nicole does make almost $400,000 a year as an anesthesiologist, but that still doesn't equate to a $40 million house in this lifestyle. However, Anthony, he's a lawyer. And yes, maybe let's say he makes just as much. Let's say they bring in a million dollars a year. This lifestyle is still pretty steep for a million dollars a year. Okay, and then also people have sent me something saying that like his net worth is only three million dollars. So which is fine. That's a great net worth. However, I just want to know because now that like I've had these witchy feelings about them. Then during this fight, we get Todd questioning the integrity of Anthony's business. So then, of course, people start sending me the Better Business Bureau complaints, which That doesn't mean that much. I'm not going to hold him to it, but it's just, that's another red flag. And there's just like the information on that is accessible doesn't seem to add up. And I just want to know, are they self-made? Did they build this wealth from scratch? How did they do it? Because if they did, then that's amazing. And they should teach us all. (laughs) Don't we all want a $40 million house? I don't know if I want a $40 million house, but it's not about the house. It's just like, I don't know. It feels almost like the audacity. (laughs) Like, you better be able to back it up if you're coming in like this. So, I don't know. Don't hate me because I'm questioning, okay? I just want to know how do they, how do they manage their money? I guess. Oh, okay. Next thing. Oh wait, summary of Miami right now. Kiki needs to be full time. I'm done playing these games. I've said it so many times, and nobody's listening. Kiki needs to be full time. She is always hilarious. Everything she says, her energy is great, and I just want to say Miami is currently my favorite Housewives franchise. Currently. Love them. Okay, here we go. I need to blow these up. We got the reunion looks yesterday, and I have to say, like, the I was already taken away with the Potomac reunion looks because I love the blue. I love a theme. I love coordination. But then when these Miami reunion pictures came out, I actually was, it was breathtaking. It took my breath away. <laughs> and I just love the 
the set, this like vault, the money, the gold, everything. Just love, love, love it. And so on this first slide, if you're watching, if you're listening, I'll try to describe it the best I can. But I have my top three looks. And let me preface this by saying I think all these women are beautiful. I'm not judging their their bodies or body shaming anyone. This is not what this is about. I'm like literally looking at their fashion and just rating their entire look, how they styled it, how they accessorize, all of it, okay? And so my top three, I have Gertie in this chain, upcycled chain dress. And of course, like, the way that it is, it looks like she's completely naked underneath, but I'm assuming she's wearing, like, you know, flesh-colored, like a bra or something, because there's no nipple. You can't see. <laughs> Trust me. I think we all try to look. But I just love this look. This is my number one look for sure. Um, Marisol looks so good. This is such a weird pose. She has her hand by her chin. And I don't know who's taking, who is like directing these women for their pictures because later on you'll see Alexia has this chin thing going on to it. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of like your old school pictures when they'd be like, okay, now put your hand on your other hand and lean to the side. Or like they would have that other second image of just your face like floating. I gotta find some of those to show some of the youngsters what it used to be like back in the day, but I just don't like this pose, but she looks gorgeous. I love everything. Um, the dress, it just, she looks like very, like, sweet. I don't know. She just looks very delicate and precious. I don't know. She looks gorgeous. And then Larsa. It was Larsa. I love this look. Obviously, we love the transparent look right now. Um, I think the neckline the cross neckline, cross halter neckline. Is that what you call it? I think that looks great with like, it has this like sweetheart uh, shape. What is it called? That's also part of the neckline. Um, I just love the color. I love it. I think she looks great. Her hair looks great. She's killing it. She's Larsa Pippen, okay? She makes $40,000 from like one foot picture. Ah, okay, next I have Nicole, who, again, I don't hate Nicole. I just, I'm not a fan, I guess. I don't know. I, I want to like her. And I think she looks really amazing in this look. This is a Balmain dress, long sleeve, short dress. I, I kind of love that. But for reunions, I always do think it's kind of weird when somebody wears a short dress. However, with the long sleeves and all of the like bling on it it the design and everything it looks great and I typically don't like when hair is like slicked back like this it looks like your hair is like kind of greasy or whatever but she kind of she pulled it off so I'm not mad at her um we also have Julia so Julia I put her in like my second category of like best looks because I think she took the most risk. I think that she is giving I Dream of Jeannie vibes, but in the best way. And is this look perfect? Mm, I'm not 
sure, but it's I I really love it. I think she looks great. I think it's great for her, especially it kind of goes along with her storyline of like being an older woman who's going back into the modeling business. So I'm down for it. Go, Julia. Okay, and then we have uh, Lisa and Alexia. I love uh, Lisa's look. I showed my kid, and she was, like, so disturbed by this dress. She was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, what? She looks amazing. I I love the gloves. She has, like, these black sheer gloves that go with this um, black sequin dress that is you know, uh, see-through on the legs down, and it's got this train. My kid was most disturbed by, like, the shape of her body. I think it's the way she's posing in this. Like, and the camera angle, it does look kind of weird. I feel like when we see it in action and her moving, I think it's going to look way better. But I always love Lisa. Like, I think she looks great. Um, Alexia, this is what I was talking about with the chin thing. Like, why are we doing that? I feel like it's just weird. But um, this dress silhouette is kind of cool. Like, it's got cutouts, and it's got a high neckline that's all, like, you know, blinged out. But then it's, like, white on the top and then black on the bottom. And I almost feel like if she just stuck with white on the top and the bottom or black on the top and the bottom it would have been better um and this pose with the hand under the under the chin is just not helping anything at all so still looks gorgeous like i said um okay and then these two looks the last two looks i just put them together last because wait did it yeah because um they're friends up so it's adriana and kiki Like I said, Kiki is, I just freaking love her. Kiki also looks amazing all the time in anything. So I think she looks stunning. The color of this dress, it actually, she's the only one who's really wearing color, but it still like looks very cohesive and I still love her. Um, And then Adriana has this like interesting pattern and then like feathers around her arms and she's giving like Jessica Rabbit type of vibes and she looks great but why are why do we have the feathers like I don't know about the feathers and I don't hate a feather just I don't know if I love the feather here I think I feel like it's unnecessary so another thing I want to show okay this is funny hopefully you're watching but um it's a picture of all the ladies together and I just have to point out like I knew Julia was tall but Julia next to Dr. Nicole Martin is like, she is so, so tall next to her. And it almost looks like they're not even like the same, like in the same room. It's just like so funny to me. And it reminded me, like, if you look at the picture, she's at, she's basically at breastfeeding height. And it reminded me of like me and this picture of Mia Thornton. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so short. Like I'm literally at breastfeeding height. So just want to throw that in there as one last thing before we go. Again, here's the podcast schedule. We got Cannabis Mom Boss live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We have Bravo and Blaze every Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern. 
That was like 41 slides, guys. Can you believe that? That's a lot that goes on in just one week, right? So if you're on Instagram, thank you for joining me. Thank you for everyone who joined in the live chat on YouTube. We got people on Facebook and Twitter. And again, the replay is available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And again, subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps this show to continue to grow. Make sure you're subscribed and turn on notifications so you can be updated when we go live. That's it for today, y'all. Stay 